Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. commodity in the world. And yet, the supply has always been far in excess of the demand. And who can deny it? Or, put it another way, falsehood never lacks for hospitality, while truth usually starves in the streets. But wasn't it ever thus? What are you looking for in the closet? Stanley? It's here. I know it's here someplace. Tell me what you're looking for. Maybe I can help you. I know I put it... Ah, here it is. A gun. Stanley, we shouldn't have a gun in the house. Get rid of it. I will. After... After what? After I use it. Especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Tony Roberts. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The quiet of the night is shattered by the shrilling of a police whistle and followed by the keening of a siren. Sounds to constrain the heart and ice the blood. Once again, violence has burst forth in the city. Once again. She lies on a richly inlaid floor, a golden girl in a magnificent apartment. What beauty, what wealth. But what difference now? She lies on the floor in simple white slacks and sweater, the costume familiar to millions. But around her breast, another color is spreading slowly, seeping softly. A dark, angry red he looks at her. He sighs. He has seen so much of this. But, of course, there is no way to get used to it. Yeah, it's Lieutenant Schaefer over at Endicott Boulevard. It's a homicide. A doc can work out the details, but she's dead enough. Her name's Susie Standish. That's right, the golf champ. Well, I guess she just won't win the tournament on Sunday. Get the team over here, start going. Hey, hey, you don't have to bust the glass in the door. I'm Stanley Standish. Where's my wife? Now just take it easy, Mr. Standish. Where's my wife? In the morgue. All right, how do you know it's her? How do you know it's Susie? The body was identified by her sister. How did it happen? Who did it? Look, you want to sit down? No, I don't want to sit down. Just have a seat anyway. Here. Get some coffee. Who did it? It's nice and hot. You need it. Tell me who did it. At this point, we don't know. At which point will you know? Look, you got to pull yourself together. Don't you tell me what I have to do. It was a burglar. She must have surprised him. <laughs> She's dead, isn't she? 
Yeah, yeah, she's dead. You don't know. You don't know how good she was, how sweet, how kind she was. She was number one on the tour, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I can tell you, no one resented her. No one. All the girls. No one was jealous of her. No one could ever say a bad word about her. All the publicity, all the money, none of it ever turned her head. Yeah, I read stories about it. Well, you could believe every one of them. What are we sitting around here for? Shouldn't we be doing something? All right, take it easy. Huh? I don't want to take it easy. I want some action. All right. I'll tell you what we can do. We can go over to the apartment. The, the apartment? Yeah. The apartment where she was... Oh, no. No, I don't want to go over there. Right, now, look, sooner or later, you're going to have to. No, I don't ever want to see that place again. The way it looks, it was a robbery. I guess you're the only one who could tell us exactly what was taken. It doesn't matter anymore. Oh, yes, it does. We might be able to trace some of it. Well, sure, figures. The trophies. Trophies? Uh, the way things are today, I didn't believe in keeping anything of value in the house. They were valuable? Oh, she had eight of them. Three were sterling silver. Five were gold. Oh, just for the metal alone, uh, she said today's prices, uh, they'd be worth between twenty-five and $30,000. More. That's why I didn't want them in the house. You understand? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, do you want to give me a list of those trophies plus a description? Uh, yes, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll do that right away. Uh, the trophies, that's what that animal was after. That's why he was here. That's why he killed her. My fault. Your fault? Well, why did I let her become a golfer, you know? I mean, we could have led a different kind of life. She'd be alive today. Right. Now, look, you can't blame yourself. Yeah, but I do. You see, Lieutenant, she was a librarian in a small town in Ohio. I, I was with the men's tour. I just qualified for my card. I felt I could become the greatest in the world. We fell in love, and uh, that was that. We were living from hand to mouth, but uh, we didn't care. We had each other. Doesn't that sound cornball? Well, I guess most true stories do. Well, one day she looked at me and she said, I'll never forget it. She said, Honey, I want to learn how to play golf. Hey! One golfer is enough in the family. Oh, I didn't say I wanted to be a golfer. I just said I want to learn how to play golf. Why? So I can play a round with you sometime. <laughs> Forget it. Why? Oh, because you'll never be good enough to go around with me. Oh. Oh, look, I, I know that must sound... Uh... But it's true, you know. I mean, I'm a professional. I, I perform at a certain level. I, I don't play golf. That's not a game to me. It's a job I work at. The fact is, if I don't know how to play golf, then I I just can't really understand what you do. I want to be able to talk about your work with you. No. No, believe me, uh, you don't have to. When I come home after swinging those clubs all day, I want to forget all about golf. I still say we should play golf together. Susie. Stanley. When she called me Stanley, 
I knew that was the end of the argument, so one morning we went out to the first tee. I spent some 15 minutes trying to acquaint her with the fine points of the stance and the grip and the swing. And she simply smiled at me and said, Look, darling, in front of me is a round white ball resting on top of a pointed little peg. In my hand, I hold a metal shaft called a club. Some 400 yards directly ahead is a hole in the ground marked by a flag. Is all this correct? Yes, dear. The idea is to strike the ball with this club so that it goes into that hole. Right? Right. So, just stand back and let me do it. Suddenly the ball was swept from the tee. It flew, swift as a bird, straight as a bullet, in a long, high, graceful arc and came to earth and to rest in the exact center of the fairway some 230 yards away. I couldn't believe my eyes. Susie, could you, um... <laughs> could you do that again? Sure. Watch this one. Hey, that's even further, isn't it? I think I'm really getting the hang of this thing now. At first, I refused to believe she had never held a club in her hands before. But it was true. She was one of those people who were born to play golf. She needed some finesse, some experience, but all the basics were there. She had the swing. And people began to notice her. They tried to convince her to enter some amateur tournaments. I thought it would be a great idea. But I don't think it's such a great idea. Well, it'll give you something to do. I have enough to do. Just being your wife. Hey, you better not say that for publication. That women's lib crowd will really get on you. You know the old saying. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah, but your strokes on the golf course are absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm, I know. Hey, you're supposed to be modest. Would you rather I were modest or truthful? Truthful. <laughs> mm, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Why not? Because the truth isn't always the best thing. Well, what could be more important than truth? Uh, how can you have a relationship if it isn't based on truth? Oh, darling, successful relationships aren't based on truth. Well? No. They're based on tact. I'd rather you were truthful than tactful. Then the truth. I'd better give up golf. Why? Because it'll lead to consequences. You see, darling, I'm a better golfer than you are. What? Ask anybody. Are you serious? You're all right. You're good enough for the tour most of the time. You make some money in the bottom half of the scores. Now and then you even win a tournament. Susie. It was hard enough to begin. Let me finish. But darling, I'm a natural. Who, who, who are these people you've been talking to? The most important one is me. I. Myself. I know what I can do with a golf club. Well, Stan, you can't have two golfers in the family. 
I still don't know what you're talking Especially about. Especially if it's the wife who outclasses the husband. Stan, if I'm going to enter tournaments, I'm going to win. And we're going to lose control of it. I don't know if you read the sports page. Uh, I don't know if you follow golf, Lieutenant. Yeah, a little bit. Well, she caught on from the very first. And the reporters started coming around, not to see me. Oh, no. And at first I was, well, I was in kind of a daze. Until this one writer ran into me one day. Uh, <laughs> his name is Pete Farrow. Hey, you must be Stan Standish, huh? Yeah, I guess I'm, uh, I'm hardly a household face. Oh, that's a mixed metaphor. That's because I'm having a mixed drink. More than one, if you ask me. Yeah, but you're, uh, you're supposed to be the guy who's asking me, remember? Yeah, well, I guess you know what I want to ask you. Let me guess. Uh, how does it feel to be the wife, uh... Oops, beg your pardon. The husband of a star. <laughs> More or less. Well, sir, in vino veritas, uh, that's Latin. In wine, there is truth for exactly, or is it uh, excisely? What does it matter? You're probably asking yourself, where does this jock come off to spout Latin, huh? I used to spend a lot of my time in the library. Is that a fact? Which place is where I met sensational Susie? But uh, to answer your question, if, if I can remember it, uh, you see, sir, I accept reality. Uh, which reality is this? That I'm just a journeyman golfer. I can just hang around par. That gets me 10th to 23rd money, just about. It's a nice living. It beats mine and coal. Yeah, but Susie. Ah, Susie. She's the golden girl. The gem of the tour. Why am I telling you all this? Isn't that what you write in your own column? How do you feel about it? She's one in a million. They love her. Not for what she does. Not for what she is. Yeah. Hey, you wrote that, too. Yeah. She just radiates warmth and humanity. Her smile is not merely a movement of the lips. It's an expression that's straight from the heart. They love her. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Which is uh, why I'm giving up golf. I'll never be anything, and she'll always be everything. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. So that's why you decided to give up the game, huh? <sighs> yes, Lieutenant. I, I had no choice. You know, I guess you could say uh, it uh, gave me up. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. And you never regretted it. The lieutenant is an idiot. <laughs> but I had to talk to him. Of course I regretted it. A moment hasn't gone by that I haven't regretted it. But how can I tell that to him or anyone else? How can I tell him that I regretted it so deeply? So badly? That last night... Finally, all exploded inside of me. And I killed her. Now, that's a surprise. 
Perhaps it's not too great a surprise to veteran sophisticated followers of our stories who take nothing for granted and suspect everybody of everything. The question is, will he get away with it? Well, don't take anything for granted there either. To be continued in Act Two shortly. not thyself by over-expecting happiness in the married state. Remember the nightingales, which sing only some months in the spring, but commonly are silent when they have hatched their eggs, says the learned Thomas Fuller. It's a rather complex thought, but we get the sense of what he means. And we know that Stanley Standish over-expected happiness in marriage. And when he was disappointed, he killed her. But of course, the police do not know that. Nor is he disposed to tell them. And you never regretted giving up golf? Well, it's like I told you before, Lieutenant. It, it, it gave me up. I mean, when we first got married, she followed me around the men's tour. Now I was following her around the ladies. And it didn't bother you? Well, of course. It was, it was bothering both of us. Uh, oh, one night we'd come home from a party. Uh, she just won the open. And we just simply started to talk about it. Stan, you missed the Southern States Invitational. Yeah, 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 I know. But you had a chance to win. Oh, an outside chance. Uh, I, I probably placed my usual 18th, taken home my usual 3500 bucks. Uh, You're giving up. Well, no, that isn't true. Mm, I can see signs of it. Well, the fact is, I guess I, I gave up a long time ago. Oh, Stan... Well, you're the star. You know what I am? <laughs> I'm referred to as her husband, who also plays golf. Darling, I'm sorry. For what? For doing this to you. Oh, the fact is, I did it to myself. You know, you you didn't want any part of it. I, I pushed you into tournament golf. No, no, Stan. I wanted it. I, I, I tried to keep it from you. But the minute I got out on that golf course, I just felt I I knew I was at home. I belonged. I couldn't be happy anywhere else. So, then, there we are. I was afraid. I am afraid of what it can do to our marriage. I've tried to give it up. I've tried to walk away from golf. But I can't. I'm living when I'm on that course. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. I did go to college, remember? True, it was on a golf scholarship. But I did get a degree in business. That's it. What's it? You're going to manage me. Manage you? Yes. I need a manager. All this, this money coming in, it has to be invested. The endorsements, the commercials... Well, somebody has to handle all the contracts. Look, darling, you and I have been muddling through it somehow. But now, let's put it on a firm basis. Manage me. Be my manager. Oh, what am I supposed to do? Become a guy who lives off his wife? Oh, darling, I need you. Oh, sure. Well, somebody has to do it. Well, then get somebody to do it. Who can I trust? Who loves me? Who's always going to be looking out for my interests? Stanley, don't be old-fashioned and... 
Yes, I'll say it. Stupid. No. It's not the way it was in the old days when sports stars were just well-paid heroes. Today we've become enterprises, corporations. Honestly, Stan, sometimes I think the least of it is when I'm swinging the club. Just look, look what's piled up on that table. Offers to appear in a movie, to do commercials, to invest. Oh, darling, please... So I became her manager, her agent, whatever you want to call it. I became one of those guys I never had any use for. But I began to see how useful, even now necessary, they are. And did she listen to you? Oh, yes. She didn't want to know anything except what she had to do on the course. All money, all the business decisions were mine. I, uh, I understand from what I read in the papers that you made uh, a few bad investments. I also made some good ones. That's how it goes. Now, why did he bring that up? What's he driving at? Nothing. What can he know? What can he prove? She was killed by a burglar who took the trophies. No one saw me do it. I'm in the clear. No point getting worried about it. Even as far as Foster is concerned. Everybody knows I had dealings with Foster. Uh, Stanley. Well, what do you want to see me about, Foster? Right now, it's about lunch. Well, I'm not hungry. Ah? Then let's get to business. <laughs> Who says we're going to talk business? You're here, aren't you? Oh, maybe it's curiosity. It could also be cupidity. Hmm? People make a lot of money with me. Now, people have also lost their shirts. What am I investing in? Foster Enterprises. <laughs> Which does what? Which considers uh, special situations. Legitimate special situation? Ah, that word legitimate now. You can't give it a hard and fast meaning. Why not? Because legitimacy varies with uh, geography. Depends on where you are. In other words, what could be crooked here is legal somewhere else. <laughs> Perfectly legal. So, what do you say? I should have said... Get out of here. <laughs> What's crooked is crooked. But I listened. And I agreed. I gave him money. And I must say, it showed some spectacular results. Susie happened to ask me one day. How are we doing? Great. You're a cinch to take the Lady Grey tournament. No, I mean financially. Isn't that supposed to be my department? Oh, sure. Except... Don't tell me... I know. Polly. She doesn't mean any harm. She does, but let it go. I just wish you and Polly would like each other. I'm prepared to like Polly. She hated me from the first minute she saw me. Oh, Stanley, she doesn't hate you. She's my sister. My only sister. My only relative. She practically raised me. Well, I give her all that, but... The fact is, she hates me. And she thinks I'm cheating you out of your estate. Oh, Stan. Well, it's true. 
So, she's been steaming you up. I'm not steamed up. Okay. Let's go over the books. No, let's not. Look, darling, I trust you. But I insist. To begin with, here's a bank statement. Uh, I want you to look at these certificates. Mm. Also, these checks. Stanley, do... Do we... I never knew we had so much money. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, I'm so sorry. Forget it. It's just that she's my sister. Well, tell Polly for me that uh, anytime she cares to, she may send her own accountant here to examine the books. I wonder if this lieutenant, who seems so sympathetic, actually suspects me. Is it a pose? I don't know. But I do know this. Sooner or later, Polly is going to show up and start screaming at me, accusing me. Letter. I'm ready for her. And speak of the devil. I guess I better answer that, Lieutenant. I've been looking all over for you. Polly. The criminal returns to the scene of the crime. Polly, this is Lieutenant Schaefer of the Homicide Squad. I've already met Lieutenant Schaefer. I am not impressed. What do you want, Polly? I want you to hang for Susie's murder. But I didn't murder Susie. That's a lie. Lieutenant, he's the killer. A lady, you have to have some kind of evidence. He went through her money. He gambled it away on phony investments. Is that true, Mr. Standish? It has to be true. He's doing business with Eben Foster. You lost all her money. She faced you with it. You had to kill her. Polly, poor Polly. You want it to be true, don't you? You need it to be true, but it isn't. It is. You say I killed her because I had squandered her money? What's the truth? I tripled it. It's a lie. Well, the documents are there. They're phony. The money is there. It's a counterfeit. Now, miss. I know what I must sound like. A mad woman. But, Lieutenant, I tell you, he killed her. Why, Polly, why? I don't know why, but you do. Polly, I want to help you. You killed my sister, and you won't get away with it. You don't believe me, do you, Lieutenant? Well, lady, in our business, it's all facts and evidence. Believe me. What you're saying is he's going to get away with it. Look, we've set a special phone number. We've asked anyone who might have some information to call us. I have some information. I'm giving it to you in person. Why do you disregard it? We've checked him out. He wasn't aware of it. But we've looked into his activities carefully. There's no talk of another woman. I never accused him of that. We, uh... We don't feel he had any reason to be jealous of her. He hasn't swindled her out of her money. So I ask you, Miss Darling, what is... Or was his motive? I don't know. I only know he did it. All right, Polly, dear. You stay with that. Make a fool of yourself. Keep screaming that I'm the killer. And the more you yell, the better for me. I'm sorry, Polly. I'm sorry I had to kill her. But I had no choice. You're right for all the good it's ever going to do you. I killed her. And I'm going to get away with it. 
there seems to be a basis for them. The police are evidently content that he's innocent. And in the final analysis, theirs is the only opinion that matters. But if he wasn't swindling her or cheating on her or resentful of the fact that she was having an affair, which she wasn't, why did he kill her? I think by this time, you should know. All the clues are there, and Act Three will be here shortly. consensus, love or the lack of it, which some people call a manifestation in reverse, is the basic motive force of the world. No argument here. But love can mean many things to many people. Love can have an infinite variety of subjects, not to mention objects. One thing, however, we do know about love. It is no stranger to death. I know you're feeling all upset, Miss Darling. Would you like me to have a police officer see you home? No. No, thank you, Lieutenant. Stanley, please. I can forgive you. Confess. Sooner or later, it'll all become too much for you to bear. All right. Don't say a word. Just think about it. Goodbye. doesn't like you. It would have been anybody Susie fell in love with. She didn't want her to get married. Polly's about 12 years older. They were orphans. Now Polly's been like her mother. She gave Susie her whole life. And then Susie ups and marries and leaves her all alone. Yeah. We deal a bitterness in the world. So much of it unnecessary. I should tell you something. Nobody says you killed your wife. No? Nobody says it isn't what it appears to be. A burglary and homicide. But, but... People are going to follow through on her sister's suggestion. They'll question whether there's some truth to her charges. My financial life is an open book. It was... As far as my honesty with my wife's money was concerned, Foster, uh, Eben Foster, he taught me things I never learned in college. I didn't want to know how the money was invested. There were rumors he financed drug operations. I couldn't say. That he promoted riots, even revolutions in foreign countries. I didn't know. All I knew was he always gave me my money's worth and great advice. Stan, I, uh, I have a little venture. Count me in, Foster. Without knowing what it is? If I did, would it matter? <laughs> no, I suppose not. Tell me something, Foster. Why do you cut me in on these deals? You got enough money of your own. I like you, Stan. I like you because you're basically conservative. Hmm. You can say that. Look at the unorthodox way you work. Unorthodox, but uh, <laughs> conservative. I bet on sure things, and I respect small money. Small money? Watch the small money, Stan. Too many people make a pile and they forget. They don't watch the little stuff, but it starts to trickle away. 
And one day they look around and it's all gone. Keep an eye on every dollar. I remember that. And I remembered. While I didn't become a skin flint exactly, I was becoming rather thrifty. Susie noticed it. Thank you for waiting, ladies and gentlemen. Passengers holding seat numbers 19 through 37 can now board the plane. Come on, baby. That's us. Hey, that's the rear of the cabin. The tourist section. Well, that's how we're going, Susie. Oh, we can afford first class? Well, it's not a question of affording it. It's a question of needing it. Look, if this were a four-hour flight, you'd need the extra room for resting, but to pay twice as much for 47 minutes in the air, it's wasteful. But we've got the money. Hey, we've only got it for as long as we're judicious. Hey, that's a great word. I'm in charge of finances. Okay, Scrooge. Stick with me and you'll die rich. Why did I say that to her? It was the first time I ever used the word die in speaking to her. Now, she didn't notice it, but why had I used it? I don't know. Something was bothering me. And then I realized I wasn't playing golf. I missed it. I needed it. And so one afternoon I sneaked away. I went to some club up in the country and I I played for 18 holes. I felt marvelous. And then in the clubhouse, someone said, Hey, Stan, let me buy you a drink, huh? Oh, well, if it isn't Grantland Rice, the greatest sports writer that ever lived. <laughs> no, I'm too young to be Grantland Rice if he was still alive, and I'm too old to be his reincarnation. I'm just Peter B. Farrell. Hey, you were absolutely sensational. Was I? For a guy who hadn't held a club in his hand for five or six years? <laughs> well, he always had a good swing. Did I? What you needed, I always thought, was patience. Patience? Well, call it confidence. You always felt you had to kill the ball. You didn't trust your swing then. I mean, the way I saw you do it today. I went around in 80. Well, sure, your putting was rusty, but putting was never your problem, was it? No. And you always had the touch with the irons. I mean, you could cut 10 to 15 strokes off that score. And now you're shooting 70 and below? Well, you're a threat. No, no more. It's too late. Why? Well, she's the star. She's America's sweetheart. It's... I'm in her shadow. I just... I, I just couldn't make it happen, that's all. You know what I think, Stan? I think you gave up too easily and quit too soon. That's the day it started. That's when it rankled. I said, I gotta get this monkey off my back. Playing privately, I got my game down beautifully. So I thought I'd enter a tournament. I told her. She didn't go for it. Stan, don't. Why not? Because... Darling, I don't know how to tell you. Well, tell me the truth. Well, the truth is... You're not good enough. Yesterday, up at Birch Forest, I shot a 64, and that's a tough course. But 
you didn't shoot it in the tournament. What's the difference? One word. Pressure. That's what pro golf is all about. I'm playing in the tournament. Hello, Stan. Oh, what are you doing here, Farrell? The winner is back in the locker room. Oh, no. You're going to be my story. Why? Because you got the human interest. You're trying to come back. Oh, some comeback. Nine shots behind the leader, 16th place. Oh, you're still going to take away some money. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like I've never been away. <laughs> I'll never be able to play a round of golf as long as she's alive. And the minute I said it, I knew what I was going to do. Or had I known that for a long time? There was a revolver. An old 32 that belonged to my brother who died long ago. Nobody even knew about the gun. It was buried in a closet somewhere. And there were bullets. Stan, Stan, honey. I'm sorry about the tournament. It's okay. What are you looking for in that closet? This. A gun? Oh, you shouldn't have a gun in the house. I know. I'm going to get rid of it. Oh, good. I'm even scared to look at it. Turn around. Why? Stanley, what are you doing? Susie, please. I have to. No, Stanley. I have to. Don't you understand? I have to. I had to. I don't think anyone heard the shots. I gathered all the trophies together. I messed up the place a little so it would look like there'd been a struggle. It was late at night. No one saw me as I went out the back entrance. And I drove away. Clear and clean. There were just a few things to do. Get rid of the gun. I stopped at the edge of the bridge. I threw the gun in the water. It would sink forever in the mud. And now, the trophies. What to do about them? Destroy them somehow. I looked at the heavy sack beside me. They could be worth over $30,000. What did Eben Foster say? Watch the small money. It's, uh, Stan, uh, a question. Yeah? Suppose you had some merchandise you wanted to get rid of in a discreet manner. Uh, what, uh, kind of merchandise? Precious objects, uh, you know the sort of person? Contact a gentleman called Purvis. No names need be mentioned. He'll give you the best deal. I'll give you eight grand for the lot. Why, the weight of the silver and gold alone is... So, why don't you go to one of them big jewelers on the avenue? Well... Number one, you'd have to tell them who you are. Number two, you'd have to tell them what this is and how you got it. Yeah, but do I ask you questions like that? Now, what do you say? All right, here. Ten big ones. Cash. Take it or leave it. 
Mr. Standish. Come in. Sit down. Thank you. I, I just uh, dropped by to see if perhaps there was some progress. Uh, not much, I'm afraid. You know how these things are solved? One of the killer's friends will turn them in for a reward. Oh. Why don't you offer one? A reward? A big one. You can never tell. It might produce results. How big? The bigger, the better. Could you, uh... Could you offer 50000 Why not? Why not, indeed? Why 50? Why not 100000 I was the killer, and I was absolutely in the clear. I'm sorry I shot her, but she took away the most important thing a man has. His pride. Well... To drop in on police headquarters and my routine visit with Lieutenant Schaefer. A nice man. I rather like him. Anything stirring, Lieutenant? Oh, a few false alarms, but you have to expect that. Mm. Should I raise the ante? No, no, no. This is good enough. Keep it a little time. Excuse me. Mm. Lieutenant Schaefer. You in charge of the Susie Standish murder? Yes. You have any information? The guy that knocked her off and stole the trophies. He left them here with me. I don't know his name, but I know what he looks like. And when he left, I wrote down the license number of his car. Oh, that's good. Is it good enough to get the reward? Well, if you got all that merchandise, it's all yours. I'm around the corner. Give me two minutes. <sighs> Bingo. Oh, what is it? <laughs> These crooks, they all make stupid mistakes. He went out and fenced the trophies. Now, that was incredibly stupid. Oh, it was? Well, sure, the fence knew what they were. He knew there'd be a reward, you see? Oh, the reward would be bigger than the gold and silver he could realize from them. Oh. And it's good money. Nice, clean, legitimate. He'd be crazy not to do it. You mean the, uh... Fence to whom the crook went has now decided to report to the police. Uh-huh. It's our lucky day. Pennywise, pound foolish. Had he thrown away the trophies, he would have been completely in the clear. But he was interested in the small money. Now, some of you purists may claim it was his word against that of a fence, but... The trouble was that they found the 10,000 on him. Well, he'll be gone for a long time, but I won't. I'll be back shortly. Who steals my purse, the poet said, steals trash. But he who robs me of my good name, ah. And just as important as one's good name is one's vocation. And some people have a talent or a calling, a work that they must do if life is to have a meaning. To some people, it's something cosmic, like finding a cure for a disease. To others, it may be something seemingly trivial, like a game of golf. But, as one of our characters said, different strokes for different folks. Our cast included Tony Roberts, E.V. Juster, Larry Haynes, and Ian Martin. 
The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.